If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. We've got Wendy Murdoch today. Wendy's been on quite a few times on Horse Chat before. Today she's going to talk about rider function, but in the comfort of your own phone and ways to find harmony in the saddle. So, Wendy, are you there? I am. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. (laughs) Welcome back to Horse Chats. It's been a little while since we've chatted, but always enjoy talking to you, Wendy, and you always have such a wide variety of things to talk about. You know, it's not just the same thing again and again, which is great. But, Wendy, before we get started, I just want to remind people that just if they've got the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and horses appreciate, respect, and enjoy their people, then have a look at the website, internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. And Wendy, just talking about people safely appreciate, respect, and enjoy their horses, if people can sit quietly in the saddle, then they're going to find harmony in the saddle. So these are exercises you're going to talk to us about, and they can be done without a horse. Is that right? Right, because, you know, people have busy lives, and it, whether it's at work, whether you're driving your car, you know, when you think about the the actual time that you spend in the saddle versus the time you spend doing the rest of your life. Mm. Um, you know, if we don't think about our riding when we're off the horse, it's really hard to expect our bodies to be able to instantly find that function on the horse. And, of course, we've got the horse who, you know, might be looking at something or, you know, might have stepped in a hole or something. And so, you know, it's it's... If we can spend time every day thinking about ourselves, then when we get in the saddle, we're already one step ahead because, A, we can have a better understanding of what our patterns are. And then, B, when we get in the saddle, we can figure out, no, wait, is that my pattern or is that a pattern my horse is putting me into? So that's a big deal, right? You know, so many times riders don't realize that their pattern is actually causing, say you sit heavy on one seat bone, is causing the horse to lean. Yes, But if you spend time off the horse and you discover that, then when you're on the horse and you go, oh, my horse is leaning, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. So we bring the focus back to the rider to say, okay, wait a second. Uh, is that my pattern? Oh, yeah, that's my pattern. All right. Well, I have to remember what I can do to stop being in that pattern or find something a little bit better. And the beauty of the horse is that the horse is such a great feedback system. He's so quick to reward us when we get it right. Even if we get close, he's going to reward us, right? Yep, yep, um, yep. But, but we have to be willing to, to ask. We have to be willing to ask the question, what am I doing? Is this what's causing my horse to fill in the blank? And when we can do that, then it becomes a dialogue, a conversation, rather than a, I told you to do this and you're not doing it and you got to do it, right? Yeah. And I think that it's so important that we recognize that gravity is the law. Our job is to align ourselves as best we can, right? Life's not perfect, as best we can with gravity. And then just have that feedback loop between my horse and myself. If, you know, I think I'm there, but hey, let me just experiment doing this a little more this way and see what my horse says. And then it's a conversation, right? It's a feedback loop. So instead of always saying, you, the horse, have to do what I said because I said, I think I said left lead canter and you're giving me right lead canter, 
maybe I need to check and see, well, do I have toucan early? Mm -hmm. So that takes me into the first thing that people can do. And, you know, it's one of my favorite exercises to do with riders when they give me any questions about canter. I get questions all the time about, oh, my horse only has one lead. Oh, I'm trying to do flying changes. Oh, I'm, you know, I don't have enough suspension. So one of the things you can do on your own is go back to being a child and canter on the ground. Canter with your back legs. Your t- I think of it as our back legs. Oh, you know, Wendy, when you said these exercises, I was thinking, well, this would be really good because you could sort of, you know, if you catch a train to work or something, you could you could do that. But I can't imagine cantering around the train and the train station. I think people, yeah, we'll cut that. One it's out. okay. All my students are, you know, people think they're crazy, but you can canter, you know, in your yard when you're yep. going out to take the trash. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. That's um, right. When you're going down to the paddock to feed your horse, you mm-hmm. can canter, mm-hmm. right? And I can't tell you how many times I have sorted out a canter problem watching people canter on their own two feet. And that they don't sure have to lead. They both ways. Yeah. 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 Yep. Or, or they twist themselves when mm. they canter, right? Mm. They turn their bodies. And because the horse, we have to remember that in canter, the horse's spine basically still has to stay straight. If we turn ourselves like 45 degrees with our pelvis, we're telling the horse to go in a different direction while we're thinking that we're telling him to canter straight ahead. So that kind of body awareness, but you can do that in your backyard where no one sees you on the way down to feed your horses. Mm, mm, no, that's fine. That's that's a good one. Yes. Yeah. Speaking about catching a train, you know, so many people carry backpacks and purses on their shoulder and that sort of thing. So it's really important if if you have to carry something on your back to either carry it symmetrically like a backpack or make sure you switch, right? I mean, so many people want, if you're right-handed, your left side tends to be stronger. So you're like, yeah, you put the six bags of groceries on your left arm and you turn the key with your right hand. So it's just really important to make sure that, hey, can I carry the groceries on either arm, right, when I'm going home and I'm walking into the house? Or when I'm carrying my purse, do I carry it? In fact, I try really hard not to carry things on my shoulder because when we carry things on our shoulders, we tighten the shoulder. So I'm a huge fan of having any kind of luggage with wheels. So if you're having to catch a plane, you put your stuff in. There's lots of really nice little wheelie bags these days. So you're not carrying it on your shoulder because that's so asymmetrical. But, so but even something. so, even with the wheelie bags, you know, a bit like you said, to carry it to the right and carry it to the left, that makes so much yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, another really simple one, which you've got to be very careful with, is brushing your teeth with either hand. Because when we ride, we need to be ambidextrous to the best of our ability. We need to be able to use our hands to aid our horse to make contact with his mouth equally with left and right. And so many people are so one-handed, they can't do it. So I'm not saying you have to do the whole brushing your teeth with the other hand, but spend a few seconds every day brushing your teeth with your other hand. Not so much that it makes you frustrated, but just enough to get it going. And just to show you that when you're blaming your horse for something, it can be you. I did this, um, the teeth cleaning method when I first started doing with my left hand. I was awful. Yeah, it takes a little while to get get ready. It does. You know, mucking the stalls, the opposite hand. It's really, you know, that's another just a great place to improve your symmetry. Mm -hmm. Anything you can do to make your non-dominant side a little bit smarter. I can't tell you how many people tell me, well, you know, that's my dumb leg. What do you mean your dumb leg? (laughs) Your horse is like going, well, if that's your dumb leg, I still have to listen to it. (laughs) 
right? Yep, yep. So that's another thing. You know, I do a really simple, simple exercise with people at Feldenkrais lesson, which you could probably do if you didn't have to hold anything right now, is to just cross your arms and notice which arm is on top and then uncross your arms and cross them with the other arm on top. And just that simple thing, so many people have difficulty with. I mean, because these are habits and what habits are is unconscious. We don't know we're doing them, but they're operating all the time. So when you cross your arms in the unconscious habitual way, one shoulder is going to be higher. So by just practicing, you know, if you're standing there talking to your friends and you have your arms crossed, just very quietly switch so that the other shoulder rises. So now you've got to feel if you're standing on your two feet and you switch the way your arms are crossed, if you're standing, you may notice that the weight changes on your two feet. Well, that's really important because we need to be equal weight on both feet. So if I'm constantly like crossing my arms in one way, raising that shoulder and then kind of leaning over the other side, you know, when I get on my horse, that's not going to go away. That's going to be my pattern. Yep. So if I can just spend, you know, just these really simple little things, because, you know, people's lives are really, really busy. Yes. And when, you know, they come, well, what can I do to improve my riding? And if I give them something really that, you know, well, you're going to have to take a half an hour and go do this thing. A, their lives are too busy. They're going to feel like they failed if they can't get it done. They're going to feel frustrated. So we have to start integrating little tiny steps, little tiny steps that just start that ability to pay more attention. And as we do that, then it becomes playful. It becomes fun. Well, can I stand on my right leg and put my shoe on with standing on my right leg? And then can I stand on my left leg and I put my other shoe on? You'd be amazed at how many people can't do that. Some people too, you know, you get in the habit of putting your right boot, we go riding, put your sock and your right boot on first. Do you do your right boot first? Do you do your left boot first? Do you do your socks first and then both yeah. socks and then both boots or yeah. one sock and one boot, you know, just yeah. things like that, just being ha uh, habitual but changing things, changing things around to show that you can change it around. That completely makes a lot of sense, Wendy. Yep. Right. Mm. Right, because – First, we have to have awareness. You have to notice that you have a pattern, yep. right? And so habits, the thing, the very nature of them is unconscious, but we've got to somehow bring them into the conscious. So these simple little things start to bring them into the conscious world. Once they become conscious, then we have to have choices. So the thing with crossing your arms is, okay, it becomes, con whoa, I don't know how to do that. Great. Now spend some time and figure it out, right? There's actually four different patterns because you can have both hands out or one hand tucked and left and right on top. So there's actually four. The other thing you can do, and this is a really simple one. I can't tell you how many riders tell me, oh, my ankles are rigid. My ankles are stuck. My ankles are stiff. I've sprained my ankles, blah, blah, blah. So many people have ankle issues. And then we're told heels down. And we, we've had this whole conversation about heels down in the past, but, and then they try to jam their heel down and that yep. just makes it stiffer. Okay. So a simple one there is take a soup can or you know what a pool noodle is? Yes. Yep. Okay, great. You know, a, a chunk of pool noodle and while you're sitting there watching the tube at night, just roll your foot on the pool noodle. So you can roll it straight. You can roll the inside edge, the outside edge. You can drop the heel and make circles with the heel or drop the toe just to bring in movement in the ankle. So important. 
so, so important. It's important for our just everyday function because our ankles are huge in terms of feedback to the brain about where we are in space and not hurting ourselves, right? The ankle has to be responsive. So, you know, just playing with a pool noodle under each foot or under both feet at the same time, even I'm, I'm okay with that to just increase that ankle mobility. You can do that at work. You can have a soup can under your desk at work. Nobody has to know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing is too, you know, the rigidity of the ankle, it just, it pushes the lower leg forward. It just pushes That's the right. line. So yeah, make That's that, right. they're good exercises. They're great. Right. So I'm having about something. being on the train, though, you know, I don't know about the pool noodle on the train, but um, no, not on the train, not on the train. But that, but when you get to work, yeah. right? That's what I say. Have it under your desk. Have your feet elevated, and you make sure. And this is so important that when you're sitting at your desk, if you're working on the computer, really check your. It's called ergonomics. Your position. Mm-hmm. So. You know, so often I'll be working with somebody and I'll go, is your computer screen off to the right? And they're like, yeah, how'd you know? Because your whole head and shoulders are oriented to the right all the time. So it's really important yeah, to check where your computer, make sure that you're square to your computer screen. Make sure that you're high enough that you're not, you know, looking too much up or down at it, right? Having something underneath your feet when you're at the computer so that you keep your feet, you know, like alive, like pool noodle or a soup can or anything that, you know, like there's treadle things now that you could put under your desk that nobody would see to just keep the joints alive. And it's really good for your body because, you know, you, you when you're sitting for long periods of time like that, you know, some people's legs swell because the lymph goes down and there's not enough to send it back up. So, you know, just keeping some movement in your feet and your ankles, but having like something underneath your feet that you can kind of mess with is a really good thing. And then, you know, about the surefoot pads, we've talked about that in the past. And, and just, if anyone doesn't oh, know about those surefoot pads, just go to horsechats.com and you can search for Wendy, search for surefoot or search for Murdoch and you'll find episodes that we've done on those. Yep. Yeah. And now we have great research about Surefoot and how it's influencing the horse's top line. And, you know, they're they're looking at development of the multifidus muscles. There's really great research going on now and more coming mm-hmm. about how Surefoot pads are so beneficial. Um, but the point being there is, you know, we're putting a horse on an unstable surface to reorganize its balance, behavior, and movement. Well... Standing on an unstable surface, a wobble board, you know, an unsteady rock. Careful, you know, not a tall rock, you know, but just walking across different surfaces. I actually spend a lot of time either barefoot or in, um, I have these wool felt shoes that have just a leather bottom or a rubber bottom so that my feet are following the contours of the ground when I walk outside. So, you know, we tend to put our feet in boots and shoes and then forget about them. And there are sensory organs. They are picking up information about where we are in space. They're really important, right? Anytime you can either stand on unstable surfaces, you know, hold on if you need to. It's totally fine, depending, you know, if you feel unsteady, grab something or get off. But spending some time working on an unstable surface is really, really good to keep your what's called proprioceptive system, the system that tells you where you are in space to keep that functioning and healthy and alive. And that's so important when we're riding and we have to know where we are in space. So that's just another, you know, anytime you can walk across some rocks or 
if you're walking to the train station, um, not hold on while you're riding the train. That's another great one. Yes. So good. I do that a lot because I have to take the train when I go to the airport. Stand next to a handrail or have one really close or whatever. You know, don't think you can do this all at once. And then take a rider stance. In other words, you have to bend in the hip, knee, and ankle. And then just test how many fingers do you need to hold on with. Now, obviously, you've got to be ready to grab if the train slows down abruptly or if it goes around a bend or something like that. But instead of just sitting on the train, stand. Stand and bend into your joints and put one foot behind the other, you know, with your joints bent and feel how you can shift your weight from one foot to the other, depending on if the train is accelerating or decelerating. And that one is, I mean, obviously gradually work your way into doing that for any length of time, right? Yes. Um, as it's everybody. really, de- yep. can be very demanding. Um, and if the train takes a sudden jolt, you know, you want to be ready to grab something. It's really important. Not the guy next to you. He might not appreciate you. <laughs> um, but that's a great one to do on the train, right? And I would suggest if you have a purse or something on your shoulder, take it off, put it down on the floor between your legs. So you're not trying to struggle with this object, this weight on your shoulder while you're trying to figure out how to stand without holding, right? Yep. So it's always good for people to think about how can I break this exercise down or how can I break this thing down into digestible bits rather than trying to do it whole hog and then feeling like, oh, I can't do that right? Make yourself successful. Small wins are so important. You talked about earlier about we only ride the horse, you know, we might jump on and ride for an hour a day, two hours a day, you know, if we've got a couple of horses, but all the rest of the time, we've just got to be more aware of what we're doing. Yeah. And, you know, another thing that I actually do quite a bit is, you know, I watch people, I call it exoskeletons. I watch people use chairs like exoskeletons. So a lobster has an exoskeleton and skeletons on the outside. And when I watch these commercials on TV for all these fancy chairs to have at your office desk and they support you in 10,000 different ways. And I'm like, wait a second, aren't our little tiny postural muscles supposed to be doing that work? <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, and what happens if we let the chair do all the work like an exoskeleton? They fatigue. They don't do their job. So we're deconditioning every time we let the chair, you know, support us. Now, again, you know, it's not that you have to 24-7 never sit against the back of the chair. But spend a little time every day making sure your feet are squarely on the ground and that you're not using the chair, the back of the chair for your support. That you're finding your balance. This is so important in riding. Is that a good way to improve the seat, Wendy? Have you got any specific exercises to improve the rider's seat? Well, that's that's one that's so important because what we need, I mean, I've got a lot of them, but I'm trying to think of simple, easy things that people can employ. So when you are, I like to sit on a flat surface. When I do clinics, you know, I'll see people with all these slingback chairs, all these canvasy chairs. I never sit in them, right? I'll sit on the mounting block. Mm -hmm. Because it's a flat surface and I like a solid flat surface to sit on. So I like benches. I like mounting blocks. If I have to sit in a chair, it'll be a rigid chair. If the rigid chair is really slopey to the back, you know, like tries to put me way behind, I sit to the front edge. And then it's just making sure that your back is not hollowed, right, or round. So that's going back to just really feeling where your seat bones are. I'm sure we've talked about that before checking that your weight's equal on your two seat bones. You can always stick a hand underneath and feel 
right? And then you'll know what the horse is feeling when you sit on his back because it's amazing how much pressure there is on your hand when your body weight is on your sit bone. Yep. I mean, right? And so just, I like to have my feet square about shoulder width apart, my back is flat, and I do not lean on the furniture so that I'm constantly telling my little postural muscles to stay active. You guys got to do the job. That's who we need when we ride. We need the postural. Mu- and you know what? It's the same thing the horse needs. I just did a, a webinar with a, a veterinarian on, on kissing spine and, you know, like back pain. And these horses are winding up with severe back pain because they're not carrying. And it's a long story, but, you know, they need to be able to carry their back up to carry the weight. Well, to do that, they need the same back muscles we need. And they need to be not shortened in, in contraction, but lengthened in stability. So, you know, it's like the more you can think about what you want to feel when you're in the saddle. In other words, equal weight on both feet. Look down at the angle of your thigh and just notice if the angle of your two thighs is equal or if one thigh is much more externally rotated or further out than the other one. Or maybe you habitually sit with one foot more forward. You know, these are the simple things that when we start to bring some awareness to them, you know, first thing is we have to notice, well, I didn't realize I'm always resting the outside of my right foot, you know, or I'm always, Mm -hmm. I love to cross my right leg and I never cross my left, things like that. When you were talking a little while ago about the way you stand, so that would have to help the rider's leg position, wouldn't it? You know, standing correctly, making sure that their leg is underneath them and they are in a balanced position rather than like a chair seat or something like that. Yeah. And equal weight. And that's, you know, how can I tell if I have equal weight? Okay. So, I mean, there was an, an old exercise, which is to have two equal bathroom scales and stand on the two scales and see if the number is equal on the two scales. Yeah. Not everybody has two scales. Okay. But even just standing and then shifting your weight slightly to feel what happens when you shift your weight to one foot or shift your weight to the other or shift your weight toward the toe, or shift your weight toward the heel. You know, when does it feel like you're over the middle of your foot, that the weight's equally distributed, that the weight feels like it's the same on two legs? Look in a mirror, right? You can stand in front of a mirror instead of looking at, you know, what a nice shirt I have. You can look and see, you know, does it look like my two legs are equidistant apart, that I'm on the same part of my foot, or am I rolling to the outside of my pinky toe on my right foot and I go to the inside of my left foot are my knees aligned over my second toe now that's going to be a confirmation thing too if you depending on your confirmation that might not line up but just like a horse you know the ideal alignment here is that your knee is going over your second toe so that you have that weight bearing line which is what you want in the saddle I'm a bit quiet here because I'm trying a couple of things but myself just you know giving it a go yeah 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 and you know that's the thing is what we can do in a few minutes every day is do something a little different Mm -hmm. right do something a little non-habitual brush my teeth with the other hand brush my hair with the other hand you know pick up the pen or the cup of coffee walk around with it my my right hand instead of my left hand um cross my arms the other way anything we can do that's not overly demanding in the beginning, right? That yep. just starts to pique our interest and go, well, what am I doing? Because then when we're in the saddle, we need that same sort of curious quality. What am I doing? Am I sitting in the middle? You know, my horse is heavy on the left rein. Oh, well, I just fell off to the right. No wonder, mm. right? 
Because we need to get that feedback loop working, that feedback loop of when I do this, I feel this, or I'm not so good at that, I thought I was. Or I, you know, I had surgery a few years ago on, they had to remove a bone spur and reattach glute medius, which is your middle gluteal muscle. And I struggled after that. And then I, I went to the doctor one day and he said, well, stand on your tiptoes. And I couldn't do it. And I didn't know I couldn't do it. That was the more frightening thing. <laughs> Because I hadn't tried. I hadn't even thought about it, right? And he said, stand on your tiptoes. And I literally could not do it. So now I practice that. I'm like, can I still play? Oh, yeah. Okay, we're good. Yep. 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 The underlying message here is just to be aware. You know, and if you think about in your lessons, if your instructor's saying, you know, sit a little more on a particular seat bone or, you know, you've got your body twisted or sit up your shoulders back and look up and look around you, things like that. It's then not just going, oh, yeah, I'm doing a lesson now and you might practice in between your lessons. It's practicing what you're doing every day in between your lessons, like all the time, not just when you're riding. It's There's a lot more to yep. it than that, isn't there? Yeah. 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 I can't even remember. I've given assignments for people when they're in the in the grocery store with their shopping cart. I've forgotten yep. what they are now. But, you know, some in Europe, the le- shopping cart's leg yield. It's awesome. The American <laughs> cart leg yield. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's just, you can even just pay attention when you're pushing a trolley. I mean, and it's that little thing will grow. Mm. The, the idea of bringing in greater awareness and then asking yourself, can I do this different? Can I do this with my other hand? Can I shift my weight to this spot? Can I walk across those stones and not lose my balance? Um, If you're wearing high heels, I don't recommend it. Like, can I walk barefoot, right? Can I go barefoot? Can I pick up stuff with my toes? People with flat feet, they can practice picking up stones and marbles and things or scrunching in sand with their toes. But we have to start with the awareness of, you know, asking the question, what happens if? What if I do this? Can I do that? And then we get into this, like I said, a dialogue and our horses really appreciate the dialogue. You know, when we say, you know, well, can you do this? And you're like, oh, you can- oh, I didn't realize that that was hard. Okay, let me show you, right? So now it becomes an educational thing instead of a, I said you have to. And he's like, I can't. And we're like, I don't care if you can't. What do you mean you don't care if I can't? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, as opposed to, oh, is that difficult? Let me show you. Let me see if I can figure out to say it another way. Let me see if I if I change something about me, does that make it easier for you? Then we have a dialogue. The horses really appreciate that, right? Yes. Because then you're listening to them. And, I, you know, people say, well, they're horse whispers. I want to be a horse listener. You know, I want to listen to my horses and listen to what they say and see if I can really hear the subtle little things that they're whispering to me. That's a message to take away, isn't it? You know, that, that yeah. become a listener. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just observe, just notice. Same way you notice yourself, you know, and I need to sit a little square. I need to look up and, you know, open my shoulders a little more. There's things that as a person you need to do and that's creating awareness. But what's your horse telling you the whole time when you're with your horse? So then that way you right. can focus on your horse rather than you because you've already got all those other things. Um, you've already right. practiced. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You've created positive habits, positive awareness yes. that you carry with you so that it's available when you need it. Mm. Wendy, something I have to say, I haven't chatted to you since you went on your last safari. How was that? In September? Oh, it's fabulous. Yeah. 
Um, we went in September and it was fabulous. And uh, we're going back in 25. Okay. So I'm already working on another safari. Yep. And, you know, that horses just get better and better. Um, Gordy, our outfitters, Gordy and Felicia Church, she's really come up with a good combination horse that's got good bone and can carry weight. Because, you know, people are getting older and heavier. Okay. Uh, they can go on safari, but these horses are delightful. And I, my little horse Astro, I so enjoyed him because we could go canter, you know, pick up a hand gallop or whatever. And then I come back and he's like, okay, you know, and it's, um, and they're so brave. They are so brave because we knew where there had been some lion and we were riding past where the lion had been and they had moved off. They were at a pond and they'd moved off into the bush. And so my horse's ear was like, you know, there's probably somebody over there in the bushes. And I was like, thank you for telling me. But they're so brave. And um, the game was amazing. We had a cheetah join us for tea, our 10 o'clock tea. She yeah. brought her babies and parked them under a bush. And we were uh, within spitting distance practically of this cheetah. And she just laid there and we had our tea and our hard-boiled eggs and cheetah viewing. Yeah, it was wow. amazing. Wow, wow. All right, so you're going again. Now, if people would like to contact you, they oh, there's so many things we've talked about. If they'd like to contact you, what's there's probably different ways of safari. Is there a specific way to contact you about safaris, specific way to contact you about Shorefoot, or a direct way to contact you? What's the best way? So, especially for safari right now, I'm working on setting up an online way to contact me, but it's not done yet. So they can just send me an email at wendymurdoch.com. You know, I'm, I'm on Facebook, Murdoch Method. We've got a Surefoot page and a fans of Surefoot on Facebook. We've got the Surefoot Equine um, website. Um, yeah, Surefoot Equine. Um, so, you know, and they can just Google Wendy Murdoch and, you know, you can go to the Murdoch Method website. There's another Wendy. I just have to say there's another Wendy Murdoch, but she spells it with an I, not a Y. And if you Google me, you will see her and me and you'll know it's she, that she's not me. It's very obvious. Do you see horses? The other Wendy Murdoch? No, oh, she's that's her no. Thing. Yeah, she's of Asian descent and used to be married to Rupert Murdoch. Ah, okay. <laughs> okay. And she spells it with an I. So she recently got Wendy with an I Murdoch dot com, and so I notice now that if you Google Wendy Murdoch, um, so that but it, it's so funny because you, you'll just know the one that's the horse person and the one that's not. Yeah, real obvious. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yep. I'm sure most of your photos have got. Horses in them. The photos that I've got have got horses in them, of you. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, Facebook's a great way to reach me. Um, you know, we're uh, and I'm working on wendymurdoch.com. Okay. So that's in, in the works, which is basically going to become the house for everything. I'm going to kind of have a funnel that everybody can get in there and get to Surefoot and get yeah. to Safari and get to all the different things. Just not finished yet, but okay. it's coming. Perfect. All right, then. I think I, I'm in the process of doing something myself for GlennisCox.com. You know, I've sort of had the, had the oh, website great. for years, you know, just to talk about the education or the short courses or the podcast or, you know, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but Yeah, and it's, I, yeah, I've, had, I've had WendyMurdoch.com forever and I've just not used not it. And yeah. so yeah. suddenly it was like, you know what, I need to pull everything in-house and that's the easiest <laughs> point. Yes. Point of entry, right? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, coming soon. All right. And Wendy, it'd be great to catch up with you about your research that you're doing in the Shorefoot as well. So that'd be great to catch up there. Yeah. Yeah. Just okay. let me know. Yep. Yep. Will do. All right. Well, thanks, okay. Wendy. Thanks again for your chat. Thanks. Love. Great thanks to talk again. to you. Yeah.
for all your all your information. And I think if we can go away from this and just be more aware of what we're doing for the rest of the time, not just when we ride and when we're around the horses, but the rest of the time, what can we do that's going to help our position, help our that which will increase our harmony with the horse. But what can exactly. we do when we're not with our horse to help the horse when we're with them? Yep. Perfect. Great. All right. Good to talk to you, Wendy. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.